Welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast, a show about faith, friendship, fine tobacco, and drink. I'm Steve Ryder, and I am at home because of this frigging COVID shutdown stuff. And I had an interview on the books last month with our guest, Luciano Morales, and the whole COVID thing kind of screwed that up and ended up flying back early. So Luciano... This is second best, but I am going to be getting together with you hopefully this summer when I come out there, and we are going to talk much more in depth about your story and kind of answer some questions from the audience. I'm looking forward to it, my man. So thanks for being on. I am looking forward uh, to better times. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, hopefully, man. Hopefully soon. At Godspeed. You know, can wait. So you are originally from Brazil, right? Born and raised there? So I spent uh, 15 years of my life in Brazil. Yeah. And I moved to Chicago for a while. Then, I mean, first to London, Chicago, Switzerland. And I've been out since then. So I'm 45. I would say the most important years of my life were spent in Brazil. Yeah. So... What kind of family did you grow up with? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I didn't know you were getting personal tonight. That's awesome. Actually, uh, I was raised by my grandparents. It's a long story. I'm going to plug here. Yeah. The Last Arrow, Ernie McManus. Very good book. Yeah. So he writes a little bit about that story. Both my my parents were uh, drug addicts, although my grandfather was a Baptist minister. Mm. Very prominent religious leader for the whole South America. He worked for the Baptist World Alliance, every single possible like uh, association. Uh, you know, he was very involved with the denomination. But my father, he kind of always questioned his own like spiritual life. And when he was really young, like I think even before his 18th, I think he was only 12 or 13 years old when he got with this group of friends and unfortunately went sideways and got really involved with drugs. He met my mom like in a crazy world too. So my mom was also an addict. She never stopped using heroin when she was pregnant with me. He was only 16. She was 17 when she got pregnant. Mm. Um, So the natural path was for me to go and live with my grandparents. Uh, They're the most stable ones on my paternal side. So I went to live with them when I was two years old, a year and a half. And I was raised with my uncle as my brother. My uncle and I, we have only five years difference from each other. Mm-hmm. So we were raised together. A lot of good times, a lot of fights. Same thing as any brothers. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where my life starts. We, I was blessed and I was saved by the love and caring of my grandparents. And God provided everything. I, I was really lucky to be raised in a family that I, that I was. Got a lot of opportunities to study, to life, to live, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in a way better situation if I was raised by two kids, two teenagers that were involved in drugs. Well, the good side of the story is that my father, he overcame the drugs. He became a professor of a theological seminar. Mm. Today, he is a pastor south of Brazil. Him and I, we don't have much contact. And it's very interesting that you kind of ask this question because I haven't actually spent more than maybe one day with him my entire life Mm. and he chose just a month before the COVID-19 to come to Chicago and and get to know his granddaughters and get to know me a little more 
and he's stuck here. So he's here. Uh, he's working in my, my office right here, which is kind of crazy. And it's been a wonderful time, actually, to kind of get to know him a little more. And, of course, it's kind of hard to call dad and stuff. You know, we, are, we don't know each other. Yeah. But I'm kind of learning to kind of navigate this relationship. My mm. mom, unfortunately, she passed when I was 15 years old, uh, which is a long story. She was assassinated. Very tragic, like a terrible story. But uh, we can get into details another day. But here I am. So survived. I'm a survivor. So what'd you do after school? What'd you do, you know, for early career? How'd you get into cigars? All I can say is I, uh, I'll make really brief. I left home quite early. You know, I was uh, only recent high school graduated. I was only 17 years old. And I went to Chicago because I, I, I got an opportunity to come and, and study, you know, and continue my bachelor's degree at that time. And I ended up actually staying a little longer, got into uh, University of Chicago and went, did my MBA here. Then I had different job opportunities. I started working for Mutual of New York, which was an insurance company that got acquired by Axel later on. Mm-hmm. They gave me the opportunity to go to Brazil uh, and go back to Brazil because I spoke Portuguese. I had some uh, important family connections there on my mother's side that would help, you know, with some sort of a political consultancy side of uh, everything. And I was mainly working with wealth management. So I was selling uh, pension funds to very wealthy people. And I developed this incredible network. And as two years later, I was actually creating my company in political consultancy. Mm-hmm. And I helped some uh, blue ships to go to uh, South America and Eastern Europe, some other places in the world mm. where ship developed from land donations, tax incentives, bilateral agreements, tax agreements. And, you know, life brought me to Dominican Republic. I was uh, hired by DR government to fight for taxes in South America. That was when was the boom of the Macanudo and some other, you know, general cigar brands, which at that time was not general cigar. Mm-hmm. but they need to fight for a tax exemption. There was a bilateral agreements with Cuba, Cuba and Brazil, Cuba and Argentina, Cuba and, and Bolivia was zero tax to import those products. So uh, any Dominican product was not able to compete with the Cuban products. So we, it was a very successful case. It you know, made a lot of friendships from the president to the cigar manufacturers. And that's how I connected. And I know a lot of them. One of them particularly was Ernesto Carrillo was the one that I really kind of bond with. Ernesto opened uh, the doors of his factory to us, to me. And I didn't have any intention to get into the cigar business at that time, but he taught me everything about the business. He, uh, I really fell in love for the business because of him. Yeah. And we're talking about almost like 15 years ago, 14 years ago. What was it about that time with Ernesto that really started to kind of blossom that love for the cigar business? His passion. I think uh, Ernesto, he's, he's one of those guys. And I met another legend, which is, uh, his name was Arsenio Ramos. I don't know if you guys heard of him, but Arsenio was one of the living legends of the cigar industry until last year. Unfortunately, he passed last year. He used to say there was two types of tobacconists. The ones who are truly passionate about this, and he, he refused to call it business or industry. He called family. He always called family. Huh. Uh, he believed that the cigar culture was beyond the business. It was about, it was truly an art. 
and not just an art, but a lifestyle. And if you dig, you know, Arsenio Ramos, you find about his poems and the stories that he told. And that guy, he served so many companies throughout his life, no ambition whatsoever. So that guy, he met with princes and chiefs of state, you name it, because he was working for uh, Avon SA before the revolution and after the revolution. He knew everything, you know. He started working for Avon SA when he was only 12 years old. He was one of the, the responsibles together with my partner. My partner was his apprentice there, but he was responsible for the Partagas uh, Series D and Series E. He worked for Avon SA without making any money. You know, the Cuban salary it's average less than a dollar a day sometimes even less no matter what position you are as a communism uh, when he left to nicaragua he went to work with some i don't remember who he went to work first but uh, he's been with he was with arganosa uh, with eduardo fernandez mm -hmm. he worked with them i think for seven or ten years and meanwhile he also like consult to several companies different companies and stuff but nobody knew about fermentation as that guy. He was the Pope of the tobacco. He knew everything <laughs> about tobacco. And he used to say, I mean, there's two types of people. They want there for the business, they want there for the passion. And I understand that now, you know? So when I met Ernesto, I met the guy and I met the passion. And, and, and he didn't have to em embrace me at all. I mean, there was, there was nothing for him in it. He just did out of his altruism, out of his generosity. Yeah. And we became friends and, and because of him, I'm in this industry today. So he mentored me to every single aspect of the business. Uh, he is the one who introduced me to Pichardo, you know, many years ago. So he's truly my my godfather. Yeah. I call him godfather. So what were those first steps? He was obviously pouring into you and you were just eating it up, starting to really fall in love with that. The passion side for the cigar industry. So what were those first steps? In terms of actions, I think the first steps was like, I came to him one day many years ago and I said, Ernesto, this was like, I knew him for about a year when I came back to him and asked him to blend a cigar for me. The first step is asking him to blend a cigar for me and seeing him working and seeing how he does and the, the passion he has. And uh, he's capable of, which is funny, that's where we kind of connect to. I have this very weird brain. I mean, all of us, we have some uh, weirdness, right? I have this thing where... I say it's a curse and a blessing. Uh, it's a curse because I can get really sick to a point where I cannot do anything. I cannot be functional. I have what they call the perfect pitch, right? I can listen to a song and then I tell it what kind of key that song is being played. Or if I learned a song in certain key uh, and I hear it too many times and then someone sings in a different key, I get really bothered. But it's the same part of brain that's connected with flavor and with taste, right? Yeah, you and I have um, talked about this. We did, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know to who I told the story. This can sound a little weird, too. Yeah, I had this thing with flavors, too. I can imagine a flavor, a taste, and I can taste it just by yeah. imagining, yeah. you know, which makes it uh, easy to cook, to kind of do different things. So I tried to imagine what this will go with this, and I can, I can actually taste the result. At the same time, if there is like a food that I really dislike, I rarely dislike something. If I dislike it, it's because I cannot even smell it. You know, when you, you uncover something and that smell goes everywhere. So you're going to, yeah. if you see me running from it, it's because I hit it and then I'll stay out of the house. I might get a hotel room and stay out for a couple of nights before that smell goes away. Yeah. And then I'm back. 
So that's how bad it is. You know, I start collecting wine because of that. And I start really enjoying, you know, discovering different tastes and, and creating cigars and collecting wine. And I think that kind of what gave me the, the drive to kind of, you know, go a little deeper. Because yeah. I could be in a business and not, I didn't have to spend that much time in Nicaragua. I could just be in a business, let my partner do everything and just take yeah. care of the distribution side of it. I decided to really go to Nicaragua many years ago and just go every month and spend at least two weeks there learning every single part of the process and blending myself and participating in every single stage of the process. That's I'm proud amazing. of that. I, I really... I really enjoy that that learning process. Just still on that game. So you have this about you that you're very in tune with flavors and profiles and that kind of stuff. You ask Ernesto to blend you a stick. How did you go from that to Ace Prime? So it was because Ernesto, when I met him, he was working for General Cigars. He wasn't as success as he is today. So I met him on when he was like this kind of amazing uh, blender. Uh, everybody heard about, but nobody really knew him. He created La, La Gloria Cubana, which was this amazing cigar and is still carried by uh, General Cigar today. And by the way, General was sold today. Did you, did you see that news? No, I didn't. So General, uh, well, Imperial Altages was sold, not General, I'm sorry. Altages, which is part of Imperial Brands, they were sold to uh, with nobody who. It's a shell company. Nobody knows who's behind it. Yeah. <laughs> that happened today. But anyways, he won the number two cigar of the year. Uh, this was like, what, 2004, 2005, I think? Okay. Uh, with Lystoria. Maybe some of your uh, audience might correct me. I'm not sure. So when he won that, I mean, he could not produce for us anymore. So he started producing. I created a, one uh, blend called Mayrellis y Acevedo. And that blend actually was in conjunction with a very good friend of mine, uh, a Marine who uh, was passionate about cigars. And his last name is Acevedo with C. I have two last names. It's Mayrellis Acevedo with Z. Uh, but it's funny. We, we dug into our, our kind of family roots and we figured that we are actually from the same region, from the same family. So you're basically cousins from the past. Yeah. Anyways, we, we went to DR and then uh, I created this blend with him. And there's a funny story about it. Ernesto was making that for us. You know, that was my first cigar. But when he won that, he said, hey, we cannot produce that anymore. You know, we are tied up with the factory. Because his factory was really small at that time. And he could not produce for anybody else. He was so caught up in all the new orders based on his success with, uh, with La Storia. So I had to find a different partner, a different factory to manufacture for me. And then I said, you know what? I'm not going to find another factory to produce for me. I'm going to create my own factory. And then that's when, uh, actually, through Ernesto, I met Pichardo. And Pichardo was actually living in Brazil, which is a very big coincidence as well. Yeah. And I was here. so But he was flying to Miami and living in, in Nicaragua. I mean, he was starting to kind of want to uh, go to Nicaragua, and I just kind of helped him with the whole process. And we are together today. So you start your own factory. How long before you started to put out cigars? Oh, uh, as soon as we start the factory, the cigars comes with it. <laughs> so yeah. we, we start with a, a garage and, and two tables and two employees. Yeah. 
and making Justin Morales Yacevedo. And the fun story is that I start sending these cigars to everybody, all my connections, my friends that I've made over the years, a lot of influential people. I sent cigars to to Popovich when he was the coach for the, the Spurs, uh, San Antonio Spurs. This was like in 2012. A year later, they went to the finals with Miami Heats, and he, I knew that he was keeping the cigars to give to the players if they win. So he made a mistake. He gave all the cigars to the players before the game, saying, we're going to smoke this tonight and celebrate. It was my cigars. So they lost. And they didn't, of course, smoke the cigars. Tiago Splitter was playing for the Spurs. He got the box of cigars, and he threw into Biscayne uh, Bay in Miami. He was so pissed he lost. He basically threw the cigars into the lake. <laughs> but it's funny because nobody thought about sending cigars again for the 2014 NBA Finals. And my cigars were there in the locker room uh, with the players. And then I knew Tiago from before, but you know we met just a few months after he won. And then I, the first question I asked is, hey, how was the cigars? And then he said, what cigars? So the cigars you smoked when you guys won, you know? That was pretty good, man. The humidity was perfect. The taste profile was awesome. Why are you asking? I said, because those are my cigars. And uh, he said, what? This is your cigars. I said, yeah, it was my cigars because I saw pictures all over the internet, right? Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, coincidentally, a few years later, he got married. He invited me to his wedding, and I made. I decided to make that same blend again, and I... I brought the blend over to the party and he gave to all his guests and believe it or not, that's kind of how our, our partnership started right there at his wedding. That's beautiful. So you have blended cigars for Tiago Splitter, for Dominique Wilkins, NBA Hall of Famer, for you got one coming out with Adrian Gonzalez, the longtime major league third baseman, borderline Hall of Famer, how did you get these guys on board? And uh, did they come to you? You go to them? Just friends. Yeah. It's like, you know, calling you and say, hey, you want to make a cigar? <laughs> no, they were friends. And of course, they happened to be celebrities, right? So I, I met these guys into like church gatherings, friend of a friend. I don't even remember some of them. I know that Dominique was through Tiago. Tiago was really close to him. You know, Tiago played for the Atlanta Hawks too for a little bit. Okay. So they knew each other. So Tiago, I think, was the one who introduced, who brought Dominic on board. And I am actually, I go against the current when it comes to, you know, when you hear those jargons, you know, never makes friendship with business, you know? So I, I think exactly the opposite. I think uh, the only business with my track record, the business that really worked for me was the ones that I had true friendships. Yeah. That I had like true friends as my partners. Yeah, and, I, and a friendship was born way before, uh, you know, the company or business or any other idea. But this guy, uh, it's very important to clarify. So we don't make cigars for them. The brand called MXS is a brand that belongs to Ace Prime. So this is our brand, and they, they are signature lines. Uh, they sign the cigars. They sign the blends. And, of course, there are some uh, royalty agreements with some of them, and we are growing, expanding that line. It's been really successful. It's a great thing. I mean, they're amazing people. Very successful. And you know the MXS stands for Maximal Excellence Success, right? That's the what stands for. I didn't know that. Yeah, if you look at our uh, aficionado ad this month, you see that our 
mode or campaign is more than celebrity, celebrated for uh, innovation, excellence. I mean, this, I don't even remember. The, the, the idea here is to really flip the table with this concept of a celebrity cigar, which we don't believe on. So we are highlighting the human beings behind all this celebrity thing, you know? Yeah. Like Dominic, we're trying to highlight their values, their humanity. Like Dominic Wilkins, he's a truly a man of character, a guy who takes care of his family. He supports so many charities. He's sitting on the board of a very relevant charity called Culture City. He does an amazing job. He loves people. He's a tremendous human being. And so that's kind of what we're highlighting right now. It's, it's his values, his humanity. Tiago is the same thing. He has a foundation that he supports. Adrian Gonzalez has many things that he does also for the less privileged. So mm-hmm. the guy he's, has his passion about supporting kids, not only in the United States, but in his, uh, in his city, Mexico. So all these guys, they are, they are doing so many things out there. So we want to highlight those values as the true representation of maximum excellent success. What's your vision for Ace Prime? Where do you want to be in 10 years? I answered that question to my dad yesterday. My response was, the day that Ace Prime become irrelevant in terms of their purpose, which is not to sell cigars. So the purpose of Ace Prime is to holistically improve people's lives, especially of those less privileged. So that's how our company started. And that's what we believe on. And I believe those things, they come together. And that's why our campaign last year was the flavor of passion, because we believe that flavor is affected by the hands that touch that cigar before that cigar is manufactured. Mm-hmm. It's not just a story to tell. That's the reality. And we are not the only company who does that. So I'm not claiming this is to be an ace prime asset. What I'm saying is, we believe that if you take care of the people who makes your cigars, not only you're going to get great quality products, and that's not the reason why we do good for the people, but actually it's just like a, a, a organic synergy of positive things. You know, like it's families that are being helped. You're paying a fair wage. You're treating them with dignity. And of course the, the outcome will be great when it comes to the product, but also it's something that, that you can carry on and know that this is a legacy. So for as long as they answer your question, for as long as they prime fulfills that same mission, we will exist and we're going to continue to grow as much as we can because we know that there are more families that will be affected by it, including myself, including everybody. That's why I think everything is very, I don't separate because I know I talk to a lot of people of faith here. I truly don't believe in the separation of the sacred and the mundane. I believe they are all, God made everything, created everything. There's nothing wrong about you profiting from a business, making that business sustainable. Because a lot of people think that they can just cheat their entire lives. They can do whatever they want as long as they give back to the poor. And that's not about it. Where did that passion come from to help your ground level employees and people less fortunate? The only answer, man, it comes from him. Uh, for people that are the, for people that are listening, he just pointed straight up to the sky got, and got teary-eyed. Yeah. Talk about God in your life. Man, I think it, it, it goes back to uh, your first question. I mean, it's, I don't even know why I'm here, you know. I don't feel like I'm any special. There's no explanation, actually. I just feel like, you know, God, for his infinite mercy and love, decided to give me a hand. Uh, my mom tried 
abortion twice, you know, didn't work. Actually, she tried more than twice. And the first time it did work, I just came to know a few days ago, my father told me that they had a, she had another abortion. I mean, she had an abortion before me, but she attempted twice and didn't work. I don't know how I lived from my kind of ground zero to two years old. Nobody knows you know, how I survived because she never stopped using it and uh, things were crazy. I have stories of my grandma kind of sneaking to the house and kind of changing my diapers, trying to feed me. I was I had nutrition issues for uh, for a long time, so uh, nobody knows. I mean, there was a you know several survival circumstances that it clearly uh, God really put His hands on and really saving the day, you know. And then after that, there's a lot of experiences too. So I'm, I'm thankful I'm here. I'm thankful I have the opportunity to exist and the opportunity to create, all right? The opportunity to make a difference. So I'm excited, man. What's next for Ace Prime? What's coming down the pike? So we recently announced, you probably heard about our uh, strategic alliance with Groundheads. So the Groundheads is a uh, very interesting company, very unique company. I think it's probably one of the only very successful companies who don't own a factory. So they manufacture their cigars with my father's cigars, with us in Nicaragua, and also with Ernesto in the Dominican Republic. We have a few projects coming this year with Groundheads. Our distribution is now managed by Groundheads. They have a tremendous distribution, almost 2,000 stores all over the country. And that's a big push for our company as a whole. So there's a mm. mutual benefit, you know. There's important value exchange there. Of course, we have some launches coming as well. Uh, you mentioned Adrian Gonzalez. We have a Lancero that's coming soon. Uh, we are producing a Lancero called the Dreamer that is coming out. And we also have uh, another MXS blend, which you understand now exactly what I meant about the celebrity concept we're trying to deconstruct that a little bit. So we are creating another MXS line called Lester. You know who Lester is? The only Lester Lester's, I can think of is Lester Hayes from the he's Raiders. A, he's a big celebrity, man. He's a big celebrity. That guy, he is working on my factory for more than seven years. He's a big celebrity. So the excellent success is translated to the life of that man. So when I, when I met Lester... He was living in the streets, right in front of our first factory. Guy had no family. They could barely communicate. He was just starving. People of the surroundings, they were telling us that he was sleeping all day long because he had no energy to do anything. He was, mm. he didn't have any even, uh, you know, ways to kind of eat or, or do anything. And the guy could not read or write. And uh, so not many job opportunities for him, just kind of, you know, labor stuff and this one is actually my partner so Pichardo looked at him and said hey you want to help us here and he started helping with cleaning the place and then this first factory was in a very very poor neighborhood and it was a, a dirt road so we have to keep it always like wet in order to not get like too much dust Dusty. inside the factory so yeah. he was just kind of wetting the the roads all day long that was his job so he learned every single process of the factory over the years got married, has a family. Uh, I don't know anyone who works as hard as that kid. I mean, 
I call him a kid, but he's probably around his 30s now. So we decided to to create an MXS line for Lester. Oh my gosh, and, and, that and, is and that's, so awesome. Yeah, and that's exactly to tell to the world what MXS stands for. Right next to Adrian Gonzalez and Dominique Wilkins and Tiago Splitter, you got Lester. That's right. A dude who started out at the ground level, someone who most people, when they would walk by, would just ignore. Mm -hmm. And yet your partner had compassion on him enough Mm -hmm. to just give him that chance and just keep working with him. That's, dude, my man, that is so beautiful. Yeah. So you have a real passion for the mom and pop cigar shops. We've talked in the past about ways in which that we can try and get them business. Talk -hmm. about that. We actually created this initiative. It's called Bulb. It's an idea we had together with the Crown Heads and Boveda. We came together with this idea of supporting the brick and mortar by creating this platform where we would give back to the cigar retailers all the profits from that platform. So we're not taking the profits out of the business. So it will be truly a nonprofit business from the retailing standpoint. Now, the challenge was to create a platform that, and the entity that would be able to do that, a licensed entity that could actually run the entire uh, back office of uh, this operation and make the operation viable. So we created a drop-in ship program where everything is uh, shipped over to uh, the consumer on behalf of the retailers. Mm. So they don't have to stock the product and they get the same pay. It doesn't change anything for them. Uh, oh they don't gosh. have to do anything. The only thing they have to do is Sign up in our website, which is thebullbox.com. Go there, sign up. You're going to receive a special code. Tell all your clients that you, this is your code. And their client, when they subscribe to the program, every single cigar that's sold to that client, all the retail margin goes, we cut a check every month straight to that retailer. It's basically a truly uh, easy way to to the retailers because they don't have to do anything because most of them are closed right now. You don't have to worry about doing curb inside or anything like that. It's not just Ace Prime Cigars. So we have Crown Heads. We have some other brands that join us too. So we're going to be distributing not just for ourselves, but for other partners who are willing to help and support the brick and mortar as well. There's some kind of different programs out there, but none of with the same scale of this program. And we just launched this. So you know, our podcast that we did our Facebook live last week, we thought, cause we are doing this exactly the same time as the NFL draft mm-hmm. seven o'clock uh, central time of uh, last Tuesday. And we had 1.5 thousand views yeah. that night. So it was just crazy. And we have already 537 stores that signed up in our platform. And we have, I think, somewhere over 50 orders so far, 50 memberships. So an idea that we just launched a few days ago, already took off. So we yeah. are really excited. So that's our way to support the brick and mortar. It's working. It's basically you know, sending a check to them every month. And you know, the more we sell, the more they get. And we are not taking the clients away because there's always this tension between online business and brick and mortar. So when we send a bow box to that consumer, goes with a personalized letter from that retailer to the consumer, 
and we send everything on behalf of the store. So yeah. we don't take credit for the deal. That is awesome. Website one more time. The bulb box.com b-u-l-b box.com yeah as in light bulb yep bulb. how has this covid shutdown affected you and ace prime i can imagine that it's affected the brick and mortar shops pretty significantly but i'm wondering how about for you the personal level you know i told you the story about my father it's quite a unique story i never thought that you know i will be stuck here at and living with him for three months, you know, because my agenda was really busy too. It's not just him being here. It's like me being here. Uh, you know, all the events we had scheduled for, for the year. I mean, I have one event in every state almost every week, plus Nicaragua two weeks a month. And, you know, so just being here, it's been pretty cool. Just hanging out with my, with my dad, hanging out with my daughters. I also have three daughters. I have two daughters who are living in Europe when the whole thing exploded. They took the less, literally the less flight from France, my daughter who lives in Paris, and mine from UK. It was like maybe a couple of days before they shut down all the flights in and out UK too. So they came, they all tested, and thanks God, they all tested negative mm-hmm. for the COVID-19. Everybody was really tense. We have a big house, so they're staying kind of quite far from all of us, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of tension, you know, a lot of uh, expectation, anxiety. But now here we are, man. I have the three of my daughters here with me, and uh, one of them is kind of working as my assistant, helping me with a lot of stuff here. <laughs> so I have a little, uh, kind of, I have a lot of toys and tools in my garage. So my father is building stuff with woods and, and doing boxes and doing artwork, doing all sorts of things in my garage. I'm fixing things everywhere. And I'm in those kind of Zoom calls, man, all day long. I think I've been sitting here since eight in the morning today. You know, just jumping from one meeting to the other and just kind of crazy. The website for Ace Prime is aceprime.com, A-C-E, prime.com. You can check out those blends. Where can people check out more, buy cigars, that kind of stuff? If you go to Ace Prime website, there's a where to buy link in there and all the stores that care of products are there. Also, if you go to crownheads.com, uh, and there is a where to buy linked over there too. If they don't have our products yet, you can still go to that store or reach out to them if they're doing, you know, delivery or curbside delivery. Ask for a product because if they don't have it, they'll have it within 48 hours. And also you can acquire through Bulb. I mean, just subscribe to Bulb. I think Bulb is a very good deal. You're going to get a lot of discounts and you know you're helping your brick and mortar. If they're not listed in our uh, website, you can still put their name into the order. We're going to reach out to the brick and mortar and send them a check, no matter if they are not wow. in or not. Now, if they are in, it's easier because the code is there, so things are a little faster. Mm-hmm. If you don't name any cigar stores, we don't keep the money. So we go and find out in a geolocation where the order originated, and we will find the nearest store to that person's house. And then we will assign that store uh, to that specific client. So we're not only helping the brick and mortar by, you know, sending a check every month. We are also bringing new clients for them. Mm, that's wonderful. Luciano Morales, my man, thanks for being on the Holy Smokes podcast. Thanks for the invite. 
Thanks for listening to the Holy Smokes podcast. I want to thank you also for all the feedback that I've received about this show thus far. The encouraging notes, the suggestions, the thoughts have all been valued and appreciated more than you know. To let me know what you think, you can private message me at facebook.com slash steverider. That's facebook.com slash steve, R-E-I-T-E-R. Or a private message through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash holysmokescigarclub. Or send me an email at holysmokescigarclub at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This is Steve Ryder saying, do good, be awesome. <laughs>